What's going on, everybody? We back with another episode of Kevin's Little Podcast with me, Kevin Little. Real quick, before we start out, guys, real quick, some shout outs. Austin Smory at Backfist underscore Buddha. Buddha spelled with B-U-U-D-H-A. My boy Kyle. Here comes Peepaw. My Uncle Damon. Blue Blizzle 610. You can find all of them on Twitch. They all do video games, uh, reviews, uh, live streams, obviously. So go check them out. Go subscribe. And also, if you could, hop over to YouTube and please give my friend's niece uh, a, a subscribe on YouTube. She just started her channel, brand new, trying to get it started. She got a couple of subscribers right now, but she wants to try to get it to at least 100. So please go give her a subscribe. Her name is Peach Love. Peach and then L-U-V. So go subscribe to her channel. Go follow all my friends and family on Twitch. Without further ado... We got a lot to talk about today. Some anime, some video games, a little bit of UFC. So let's jump into it, folks. All right, everybody. Another week and another episode. Back with it again, huh? Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed the previous episodes. I'm still getting views. I'm still getting listeners, so I appreciate it. The viewership is growing. Soon we will hit that sponsorship mark. Um, But that being aside, we got some stuff I want to talk about, man. I mean, hey, we had some great, great football games this weekend. Uh, it was my brother's birthday, as I said. Uh, and we got UFC. UFC. Not only is it, it is not just a UFC, it is a pay-per-view. So you know it is going to be stacked from top to bottom with great fighters. Even the prelims are going to be good because they're going to be some of the good, real good fighters who are still up and coming, just trying to make their way, but they're top-tier t- top talent. Um, so you, you know, you're going to see a lot of good fights this fight card. Um, not to say that the fight nights don't don't stack up. I mean, hey, there's been some great, great fight nights over the, over the years, so... Don't sleep on the fight nights just because you don't have to pay for them. There's a lot of dudes in there that are really trying to make their name and are hungry for wins, hungry to finish somebody in that cage, whether it be a submission or a knockout. So don't sleep on those guys in those fight nights, bro, especially on those early prelims. Those are the guys that are just coming out, just coming into the UFC, just getting signed. You know, those are the hungriest guys. So those are the guys you want to see. Um, But at... I, I, you know, I'll save the UFC for a little bit later. I really want to get into this Cowboy talk, man. Oh, can you believe it, Cowboy fans? Well, I mean, what, uh, what a... First off, I'm going to say this right now. Mike McCarthy just got saved another week in Dallas. Greg DeLeg just saved his... Just saved not only his job... But Mike McCarthy, because I don't know why you would burn out basically 20 seconds worth of clock when you're at 56 yards. And you know your kicker struggled last week, missing PATs and field goals. So why would you set him up like that for 56 yards 
Now it was 17-17, so we would have we would have went in overtime. And who knows what happens? Maybe we get the ball, go right down, score on them. You know, we get the ball, they take it, go the other way. Who knows? But Greg Zerline, thank God he hit that kick. But I don't understand how we did phenomenal in the first quarter. 14 points. Defense held the Chargers to three. We were phenomenal. I mean, Dak was tossing all over the place. The run game was looking super strong with Tony Pollard and Zeke. I, I mean, I don't. I really don't know what happened after that. We didn't score anything again until the fourth quarter. Uh, so, I mean, I really, I really, you know, I don't know what to make of that. We obviously played a great game. Pollard and Zeke were phenomenal. It was good to see Zeke back, you know, looking a little bit better. Uh, but man, Tony Pollard, he's just he's making a case as to why he really needs to be the number one to get the ball and take it. You know what I mean? Instead of Zeke getting the majority of the carries and Tony picking up his scraps, I think it should be the other way around because Pollard obviously looked way stronger. He looked way faster. He looked more capable of of getting downfield. Um, CD obviously had a great performance. He turned it around. Uh, from the performance he had last week with three drops, obviously one of them leading to an interception and the other one leading to a fourth, like you know, not a not a three and out, but fourth down and out, so turnover on downs. Um, so he 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 made up for it. He made up for his performance for last week. Uh, we we got the win. That's all I can really say at this point. We got the win, and now it's on to Philadelphia. So we'll see. I mean, I, I have a really good feeling that we'll beat Philly, you know, with the way Dak's playing right now. I mean, I mean, look, look, look at this. 23 of 27 for 237 yards and a pick. The pick, I mean, he just threw that one way. I don't know if that was a miscommunication. Someone didn't know where they were supposed to go. But somebody messed up, and Dak just threw it way over the head. Look, I don't know who it was going to, maybe a CD or Amari, whether Amari was supposed to cut back out or CD was supposed to keep – I don't know. Uh, but either way, Pollard and Zeke really did a number with the run game. I mean, Pollard had 109 yards. Zeke had 71. They both had a touchdown. I think they had literally the rushing combo that we need. We need to start working off of that. And the fact that Dak can get 23 of 27 and Zeke and Pollard still get, what was it, 25-plus carries to split? That means Zeke and Pollard just, like I said last week, what I said we should do, just dominate that run game, hit them hard, get them tired, get them safeties to come forward and drop down, and then as soon as they come down, you get those wide receivers one-on-one, soon as they start blitzing, it's right over their heads. And that's what we were kind of able to do. We weren't really able to attack from the air like we wanted to. But again, the, the ground game was so efficient in the first quarter that we just kept kind of going with it. And for basically two straight quarters, we really couldn't get in the end zone whatsoever. And then obviously, I, I was I guess I should say sorry for the whole rest of the game, we couldn't get in the end zone. Uh, we had to rely on Greg the leg to hit those field goals, but it is what it is, folks. Our defense played phenomenal. We held them. We held the Chargers to 17, 
And with with Herbert and how good he was playing, I mean, I'm I'm glad we were able to basically take most of his weapons out of the game. I really didn't see too much of Keenan Allen. Wallace obviously did his number, so we you know, Trevon Diggs got gotten got in the way and, and and did what he could. Um, God, how about Diggs, man? Two picks in two games. If he can keep this up, man, I'm going to be happy for him. Curse played a great two. I saw a lot of him. He was on a lot of tackles. He was he was in there on a lot of different plays, I saw. Um, it was good to see Vander Esch get, get back in there, too. Um, and I think Michael Parsons did a fucking great job. Excuse my French. But I think he did a great job switching to defensive end from middle linebacker. Just I mean, at least for that game. We're obviously going to have Randy Gregory back, so he's going right back to middle linebacker, and Gregory's going to go right back to his spot. But for Michael, for Michael Parsons, playing defensive end for the first time since high school, and he had what? Uh, I think it was four hits on the QB and a sack. And I think he was the only player that week to have that with a couple of tackles, I believe. Yeah, two tackles, four hits on the QB, and a sack. And that's his first game at defensive end. Good God, I could not. I mean, sheesh. And he's he's undersized. He's undersized for defensive end. So, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, him and Trevon Diggs. Mwah, love it. And just and the fact that Micah had to switch down to defensive end just immediately brought Jalen Smith and Vander Esch one step each up on the roster sheet. So you know they were going to get some playing time. I didn't see too much of Jalen, but I saw some Vander Rush in there. So it, it was it was just, honestly, it was good. And then, whew, Kazee with the pick in the end zone right when we needed it. Right when we needed it. I believe I feel like that was the real momentum changer for us. Not that, obviously, we it took us to the end zone, but we at least defensively like we're like okay we can handle these guys they got all the way down here right to the goal line and we still picked them off so i think it was a good job i think we did a pretty good performance on them overall got philly next week and they're coming to our territory oh bro bro oh son you're just gonna come into our territory now it's first home game of the season you think we're not ready coming off of that Charger win? Please, we're going to carry all of that momentum. We go spank them dirty birds. We go spank them dirty birds. I don't know if my, you know, most of my friends listen to me. I mean, I know some do, some don't. Obviously, some friends are like, I don't want to download Spotify just to listen to this dude talk because I don't really find it. That's fine. I don't care. If you, if I ain't your, if I ain't your, if I ain't your, uh, if I ain't your bowl of bud, just pass the lighter and the bowl to the next one, son. I'm somebody's, you know what I mean? Somebody gonna light me up and find me funny. That's all, that's all I know. And I'm gonna keep doing it, because I want to do it. And what I want to talk about is the God of War trailer. Because I said last week that I was excited but now I'm even more excited because last week I'm pretty sure I talked about how I think the next mythology they should go to in the God of War series 
is Egypt because the director said that uh, this is going to be the last installment of uh, the Norse mythology in the God of War series. So you got to figure he means, okay, cool. That means more mythologies are going to be added in there, right? Like you're going to go somewhere else. You're going to go to a different land and bust some shit up over there with them gods too, right? You ain't just going to end the story. Um, so, you know, I started, you know, I was just scrolling through the news and, you know, I'm starting to see a bunch of stuff of, um, God of War Egypt, God of War, uh, possibly going in that direction. And if the fans saying it would be cool to see them because obviously after Greek and Norse due to the, I guess if you really want to, uh, give credit to Chris Hemsworth, Marvel, Thor to really bring attention to that God and Loki. Obviously those two gods were kind of, you know, the whole Asgard and all that kind of stuff was brought in and it kind of made it Norse mythology more popular. Right. And obviously the God of War franchise made uh, Greek mythology more popular just because it got people interested in the gods and mythology and all that kind of stuff. And obviously I learned about it in middle school or no. Yeah. 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 Middle school, middle school, middle school. And uh, I don't know why I was so just instantly hooked on it when we started learning about it. I think it was just because of, you know, just the cool stories that they had, you know. Um, and obviously, I know, you know, it's just fake stories. But it's just cool that, like, back in the day, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, this is what people thought of, like, you know, just the gods and what their interpretations were and what they were like and what they did in all their everyday lives or eternities and you know they were just as feeble and simple-minded and you know arrogant and stupid as as humans are so when when you listen to those stories you're just picking apart things of the gods each one that you're like oh well that's like me and i do this and that and you know you you compare yourselves to those gods and you could or those gods to you when you 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 learn in that episode or in that story what they go through like why you shouldn't be you know power hungry why you should be humble why you should always be kind and caring and why you should give out and all that other kind of stuff but obviously it's you gotta you gotta look at it for what it is you can't just be like oh no it's just like it's just you know thor jumping up and smacking a giant with a hammer gotta look you know beyond that and look at the whole story of why he's fighting that thing and why he's going on that adventure to begin with or why you know odin is in the world tree searching for all that knowledge um but nevertheless if this is going to be the last norse installment in god of war jumping to egypt would just skyrocket god of war up the charts because i mean you got to think about it. The concept of going to Egypt as possibly, you know, as possibly one more time Kratos or maybe even a grown-up Loki. Um, we saw in this second, in this trailer that uh, Atreus is older. He appears to be a little bit older. His voice is deeper. So... Who is to say how much time passes between this next game and the following one? And if it is going to be Egypt, and if the mural 
at the end of the last God of War game is to be believed and is to be what everybody thinks it is. Is Kratos dying? That leads me to believe that the next game will be in Egypt and it will be Atreus and he will have already found out from you know the trailer who Loki is and he will find out that it's himself and he will go searching in other realms for other gods because there will be no more gods because I'm assuming in this one some obvious things are going to happen. You're obviously going to fight Freya. I don't think she's going to just stop fighting you. Uh, you know, we might kill Freya. We might kill. We, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna assume we kill Thor. I'm just gonna straight out assume Thor dies. Um, Thor's gonna die. Odin might die. Freya, she, she could possibly be dead by the end of the whole thing. Who knows? I mean, I, I mean, I, she, she might be just because you're fighting her. She, I feel like she'd be the least one to die. Just because, you know, it's Freya. She helped you through the whole game. So I feel like... I don't know. It's gonna, it's gonna be... It's just gonna be super interesting to see what all goes down, dude. Everybody's all freaking out because Thor's fat. <laughs> in the concept art because he looks like a fat piece of shit. Oh, man. It's funny. It's like, dude... If you read the mythology, the dude was just up there drinking all day, drinking and eating. Of course you're going to get fat. Who cares? You're a god. Nobody going to mess with you. Especially when you're a big brute like that. Who's going to mess with you? Especially when you're the god of thunder. But I, I think Egypt would be the best way to go. You visit Ra, who's essentially their Odin and Zeus. You visit Thoth and, and gather his book of wisdom and knowledge. And that's how Loki becomes so smart. Um, he learns from Anubis and Osiris and Isis. And I, and, and you got the graphics and the detail and the design from the last game and this one, how this one looks. I can't imagine how amazing Anubis would look. How awesome and dope they're going to make Anubis look, sound, how his power is. Could you imagine? It's going to be insane. So, God of War Egypt, if that is the next course of action, 100,000% has my money. It's 100,000% got my pre-order. I'm in. Book it. Book it right now. You, you're like, it's over. Over. But enough of that. I'm going to move on. Moving on. On the road again. Sing it with me, folks. Don't. I'm sorry. I, I, won't, I won't hurt your eardrums again. I'm not a very good singer like my daughter likes to tell me that I am. But she's three. So she lies about almost everything. <laughs> Dude. Oh, so I went to my um, my little sister's soccer game over the weekend. And she's only seven. And I think this is her first or second year playing soccer. It might be the first. And it's the first game that I've been to. And she... 
I'm looking, you know, I get there and she's, I'm looking at her and I'm looking at the other little kids. And then I just realized, I'm like, she is the biggest freaking kid on this team. Height, build, everything. She is just the biggest kid out there. She dominated. It looked, she literally looked like, she literally looked like a little Samoan girl. Hanging out with a t- bunch of tiny blonde Asian women. It was so funny. It looked like if she wanted to, she could just mush them right in the face and just f- give them the meanest Derrick Henry stiff arm right to the ground, have them send them off their feet. I was dying. I'm like, Caden, if you just if you just run full speed, get that ball in front of you, and just line up and just kick that thing. You're gonna you're gonna score, girl. You're gonna take that thing to the house. But I will say though, they the, the Wilson girls needed some coaching. I don't know what the coach was telling them girls, but he was not telling them the right things. He was not teaching them what to do. I'll give you a perfect I don't play soccer. I've never played soccer. I'm not gonna act like I know how to play soccer. I don't know the rules to soccer. I know very, very little about soccer. Okay. I don't watch it, but what I saw was hilarious because our goalie for Wilson, right? No, let me let me let me tell you about the other girl. The other girl from the other team who I think was like you know Governor Mifflin or Muhlenberg, something like that. I don't know, I can't remember what what other school it was, but their team in the yellow. So I'm just gonna tell them the yellow team. Their school was goalie, bro. Now, this little girl was tiny, but she was also a little chubby, right? So this girl, there's a box right in front of the net. There's two boxes, actually, which I just which I just now learned in, while watching the game. There's two boxes, okay, in front of the in front of the net. Apparently, when it enters, you can then go out and get the ball. But obviously, leaving the net is dangerous. So you only go out so far. This little girl didn't give a shit. She didn't give a shit if she dove and got kicked right in the teeth. <laughs> this little girl was a savage. She was a warrior, bro. She dove head first every time. Almost every time that ball came there, bro, she dove. She just real quick dropped to her knees, grabbed the ball, and then just threw her head down right on top of the ball. And it was like, she it didn't, it didn't matter if other girls were still like, from Wilson girls, were coming with the ball up the field. She didn't care. Soon as that thing entered the box, boom, she was off and she went for it. And she got it almost every time. Girl was girl was nice with it. Playing playing risky and dangerous, but that's because she knew none of the other girls were quick enough to score on her. She just knew, y'all can't score on me. I'm just gonna go get that thing. Now, I'm gonna go to our goalie, bro. Our goalie. This little girl. She would stand at the very edge of the net. I'm talking the the line of the goal, right? And she wouldn't come out for nothing. She didn't leave. She also didn't leave her spot. She wouldn't even take side steps. She wasn't really like moving at all. She wouldn't follow the ball. Like if it was come, like she would just stand right in the middle. And she thought that like she could just, you know, reach her hand out or stick her foot out or like she didn't move for the ball every time it came. And I'm just sitting there like, who's teaching her how to play goalie? Because they ain't teach her how to play goalie right. They definitely ain't teach her how to play goalie right. 
I was like, I don't know how to play goalie, but definitely, definitely could have taught her better than that. So I'm texting my mom, and I'm, you know, I'm asking her to send me pictures from the game and all that because uh, she she plays uh, or she wears number 36. And my cousin, who's playing football right now, shout out Anthony Little, my boy. You the bird Mustangs, let's go. Number 34, number 34. No, I'm just kidding. He's wearing 34, and I, my dyslexic ass thought my sister was wearing 34. So I got all hype, and I'm standing there on the sideline like, yo, both my cousins, both my cousins wearing 34, and they don't even know it. That's what I'm talking about, fam. And then I text my mom. I got all hype. I was like, mom, send me the picture right now. I want that picture of her wearing 34. And she goes, oh, Katie wears 36. And I goes, oh, man. I felt stupid. <laughs> I was jumping off. I was like, oh, man, babe, I feel dumb as hell. But, you know, it is what it is. I am dumb as hell. You know what? Give me one sec. I got to turn my light on. Hang on a minute. Deal with me here, folks. New to this podcast and stuff. It was light in here when I started recording. It's now dark. But I only got a couple minutes left, and i just been so free-flowing talking here. I didn't even get time to talk about UFC, so I'm going to quick run through this card, give my predictions, give who I think is going to win here. I'm looking at the main card here. First fight on the main card, Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Calvillo. That's that's actually a really dope fight for, for number one on the on the main card, considering Jessica was just basically the champ. That's, that's dope. That's a good fight. Jessica's a pit bull. So I can see her just going out there first round and just picking Cynthia up, dropping her, ground and pound, TKO, just right over with. Not to say that Cynthia's a pushover, but I just, you know, <laughs> Jessica is, is mean, dude. She's a mean little pit bull. And, I mean, 21 and 9 versus 9 and 2, the experience level is just too much. Um. Obviously, Cynthia Calvillo has been in the UFC you know, just damn near as long as Jessica, but it's still, it's just the amount of fights Jessica's had against the people she's fought against. And then Cynthia, I think Cynthia's, you know, she's still coming up. She's still trying to make her way and still trying to earn that, that title shot. But a win over Jessica, I mean, that, I mean, that puts you right up there. That puts you right up there. So who knows? Maybe a maybe a statement win over her, and she could get the 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 winner of uh of uh the co-main that'll be later on that night. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna say Jessica Andrade t- first round TKO. I'm gonna go bold right on the first 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 fight in the main card. Jessica Andrade first round TKO. After that, we go from women's flyweight. All the way up, we skyrocket. We just Elon Musk sending a Tesla right to the moon, all the way up to heavyweight to the big boys. And speaking of big boys, we actually got Jarzinho Biggie Boy Rosenstruck fighting Curtis Razor Blades. Curtis coming off that, uh, what was it, second round knockout from uh, Derek Lewis. When you try to take him down, and Derek threw that mean uppercut real quick and just pop, 
caught him, dropped him real quick. He had one of those ones where he just slumped over. <laughs> Bam! Smacked the canvas. Night, night for Curtis. But he's definitely the far superior wrestler in this match. And you know, Jorginho hits hard. But he, he's not as technical as Derek was. When Derek threw that uppercut, he knew what he was waiting for. He knew that Curtis was going to be looking to take him down. And he knew exactly what to throw and when to throw it. Now, he caught him with the just perfect uppercut. You could see it as soon as he went for the uppercut. Or as soon as he went for, uh, as soon as Curtis went for the takedown, he real quick just took his, take his backhand, he balls it up and just down and up just right away. He was waiting for that perfect shot, and he got it. And he said after the fight, he said, that's what I was waiting for. I was training my uppercut off all week, all training camp. I was training to get that uppercut just right, and you know, I was having my partners just take me down, take me down, take me down, take me down over and over again, just trying to get that perfect timing on, a, on, a, on an uppercut or a hook or just something that I could land my dominant hand with. Um, obviously, he wanted to keep the fight standing because Curtis is a phenomenal wrestler. He's probably one of the better heavyweight wrestlers in the division. So if, if he can get Biggie Boy to the floor, I think it's a pretty clear-cut decision right there. Um, now, Biggie Boy is hard to put away. Obviously, he got put out by Francis, but that's Francis. He hits like, you know, a Ford Escort going 20 miles an hour or whatever they said. Some stupid like that, which definitely not. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think Curtis could easily take him down. Not easily, but I think Curtis could take him down and eke out maybe a, maybe a decision if if he doesn't put him away. But if, if he if it goes the distance, for sure Curtis because I you know I don't think it, I think they're pretty evenly matched striking. I just think Jorginho is the heavier hitter. You know what I mean? I think he's just gonna he's gonna be looking for that one punch knockout type look. Where Curtis, he's going to be looking to pick you apart with the jab, keep you at distance, take you down, and ground and pound out a decision or maybe even a TKO. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what? You know what? I'm changing it. Curtis Blades by second round second round submission. Okay? Second round submission. After that, we got the long-awaited. Someone thought Some thought... We might never get this rematch, but we're getting it. Nick Diaz coming out of a five-year hiatus, if you want to call it, to fight Robbie the Brawler Lawler. Now, this is what people would call the people's main event. It's before the co-main event, giving it, but it still has such a magnitude that if this were a fight night, it's main event. Main event, number one, fight night, for sure. But it's also such a high-profile fight, and it's going to have such big eyes on this fight, that if you add it to a pay-per-view like this, where you already have two champions defending their belt, one in a rematch, one against a newcomer who she's never fought before, and then you add that right before both those title fights, oh, that's a people's main event. Or a co-co-main event, if you want to call it. Whatever. But Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler 2 is going to be... It's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be a slugfest. They, those dudes are going to be trading barbs. 
And with the time Nick spent, obviously he's been working on his cardio with, with Nate. Obviously he's going to be well ready for this fight. But you got to think, man, Robbie, you know, what? what is more beneficial? Is it Nick Diaz taking that time off? getting the rest, the recovery, uh, the time to just strictly train and do what you want to do, get your health, you know, your mental health right, get your physical health right, get everything straight, be as healthy 100% as you can be. But not having that activity, not being in a real cage fight where someone is trying to turn your lights out, where someone is trying to physically take your paycheck away. That's different from training. You cannot simulate that in training. Um, Robbie has that. He has been active all five years. All five years, he has fought fight after fight after fight. But he's on a four-fight losing streak. He's lost his last four. Not only that, you got to think, all that damage he's taken, all that damage he's taken throughout all four of those fights to end up losses, then, as fortunate as this may sound, this is the fight business. And Dana, Dana knows when to get rid of dudes and when to keep them around. He's looking out for their health overall. No matter what, looking out for their health, looking out for their safety. So, I mean, you lost four fights in a row. If he loses to Nick Diaz... I mean, Tyron lost four, gone. And he went from being the champion, losing four, gone. To now basically losing to whatever that guy's name is. Uh, Peg, Peg Jaw. <laughs> um... So, I mean, obviously, I think Nick, Nick Diaz is going to win this fight. And uh, that, might, that might be the end of Robbie Lawler's UFC career, to be unfortunately fair with you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Nick Diaz. Man, is this one going to be a stoppage? You think he'll stop Robbie? He could. He definitely could. You know what? I said Jessica by first round, by first round TKO. I said Curtis by a third round sub. I'm going to take Nick Diaz to beat Robbie Lawler by third round TKO. So kind of a combination of the first two picks, don't you think? All right, real quick, last two. Valentina Shevchenko, La Bullet, my favorite fighter, my favorite female fighter not named Amanda Nunes. This is the one. This is the bullet that will end all women in UFC. Promise you right now. Valentina Shevchenko is going to defend her belt, I promise you that. She has fought much tougher competition than Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy is just one of the only women who's currently good, and Shevchenko hasn't fought yet. 
Now, Laura Murphy deserves a title shot. That's no, you know, I'm not trying to take that away from her. She's done what she's needed to do to get a title shot. But, I mean, she's just not up to the level that Shevchenko is at. And that's that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. I need to get that sound drop. I need to get a soundboard. That's what's coming soon. A soundboard. And I'm definitely going to have that's just the way it is because I say that way too often. And I'm the song is just too perfect. So obviously I'm gonna take Valentina Shevchenko. I think it's gonna be uh I think it's gonna be a second round second round KO, unfortunately for her, for Lauren Murphy. Oh for sweet Lauren Murphy. Sweet, sweet lad. Love the lady, but I don't think she's up for it. And then main event, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega. Um, I don't know if any of you have been watching the Ultimate Fighter, uh, but um, it looked like Ortega was 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 getting under Alexander's skin there, uh, you know, mocking him by his looks and intelligent, all that kind of stuff. Um, and Brian, would, every time he would do it, you know, you could see Alexander getting a little bit more like irritated and mad, and uh, you know, he might be just playing that up for the cameras and the show, but he, you know, he's he's not American. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't really give a shit about you know how he's perceived on camera you know i think he just wants to be i think he's a pretty genuine dude and he's just keeps it how it is so i don't think he would like fake be angry like that because that's you know he's not colby covington he's not just gonna do that but you can see i mean i think it was genuine irritation and anger coming from volkanovsky so i think brian ortega was genuinely getting under his skin because he just had his hands you know down you know folded and just laughing and smiling not caring Calling him ugly, all different kinds of stuff. So, I mean, bro, I mean, shoot, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I, you know, obviously, I want to take Volkanovsky, I mean, uh, Ortega, because he lost the last time. But. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I just I have a gut feeling Volkanovski's just gonna retain that title for sure. So I'm gonna take Alexander Volkanovski by what do you want to call it? I'll say decision. You know, I say he doesn't put I, I say he doesn't put Ortega away. I say decision. I think Ortega's gotten better since the last time. I don't think he gets put away. I think it's decision. Okay. All right. Real quick. So Jessica Ortega, uh, Jessica Ortega, Jessica Andrade, first round TKO over Cynthia Calvillo. Curtis Blades, third round sub over Jarzinho, Big Boy Rosenstrike. Nick Diaz, what did I say? Third round knockout over Robbie Lawler. Uh, Valentino, the Valentina, the Bullet Shevchenko, knocking out Lauren Murphy in round two. And then Alexander Volkanovsky eking out a decision by Brian Ortega. That's what I think. That's how it's going to go. I don't know if I'm right. I don't really care. I'm still going to have fun watching those fights. And I hope y'all do too because, boy, are they going to be some bangers. So if you really, really want to see some awesome fights, this is the week to do it. Because it is going to be a slug fest back forth. Um, that being said, I want to check what's the Thursday night game. Who's playing? 
Who's playing? Who's playing? Who's playing? Still trying to check. How about the Packers, man? 35 to 17 over the Detroit Lions. Wow. Boy. Wow. Who saw that one coming? I never saw Aaron Rodgers going in going into that Detroit game and spanking the Lions again. Never saw that one coming. Panthers and Texans for the Thursday night game. Panthers. My wife is a quote-unquote Panther fan. I like to let her believe that. But deep down in her heart of hearts, she knows. The only color she will ever bleed are blue and silver. Just so y'all know, don't blame me for the spanking that the Eagles will get next week in Dallas. So for all you Philly fans that are listening to me, just know I warned you right now. It will be a spanking because y'all have lost a lot of starters for the season. And if you think we aren't going to do a number on y'all, you're wrong. You're sadly mistaken. Sadly, sadly mistaken. I did win some money on that Cowboys-Chargers game, but Carlos Edwards-Hilaire, fumbling, lost me money. Oh, my God, I could have had so much money if that man did not fumble that ball. I had Kansas City to win, to score 30-plus points, and Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown, and they did everything except get the win. I could be swimming in moolah right now. If Carlos Edwards Hilaire doesn't drop the ball. <laughs> oh boy, but um that's it. I'm done. This episode has run longer than I've wanted it to. This is probably my longest one yet. Um, I feel it's my funniest one. I feel like I had a silly loose goose time with you guys today. So please, please keep tuning in. Share this with all your friends. Get them to listen to podcasts. Force them to listen to podcasts. Hit them over the head. Bring them over to your house. Tie them to a chair. And just put on my podcast and just repeat the episodes over and over again. And I promise you, after a while, once they calm down, they'll they'll finally enjoy it. All right? As much as my wife does. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all from me. I'll catch y'all in the next one. This is Kevin Little from Kevin Little's Podcast. Peace. Hey guys, so real quick, if you stu- stay tuned to the podcast this long, you get a special treat. Today, yeah. we're going to do the Maya Minute, a new segment that I want to start doing on this podcast where I sit down with my daughter, Maya, and I give her one minute to basically just say whatever she wants to say. I'll maybe ask her a question or two. She's giving me a thumbs up right now. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're excited? Yeah? You got to make sure you talk. They can't see you, so you got to talk, okay? Okay. Good. So... Did you have fun at Demarcus's birthday party this weekend? Uh huh. I went to school so much. Did you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, what did we do at Demarcus's? Um. At the party. Um, we played the mermaid, and now my party started. Oh, your party started now. Yeah. Oh. I gotta pick a mermaid to my party. That's right. Okay. So. Pop has and my 
I can do the podcast by myself. Uh-huh. I mean, I did like 35, maybe 45 minutes by myself, but I mean, I'm only giving you a minute. Here. Um, I'll go white to purple and you go white to blue. Oh, okay. I will. Hey, can I, can I ask you one more question? Uh-huh. Do you love daddy? Uh-huh. Can I have a hug? I guess that's two questions. Oh, thank you. I love you. All right. Say goodbye to everybody on the podcast. Bye everybody. Say, see you next week. See you next week.